Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us this afternoon, wherever you're tuned in across the state or online. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. And again, we appreciate your tuning in. Want to say hello to our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. They sponsor the opening of the show every day, and we greatly appreciate that. They also sponsor Southern Miss Athletics uh, mightily. Uh, they have delicious food seven days a week. They can cater any event. So we've got some home baseball coming up. be a great time to uh, cater some Dickies in and uh, enjoy some great food before the ball game. So we appreciate Dickies Barbecue for their support. Golden Eagles go out to San Antonio, Texas, sweep the road runners to improve to 17-9. and nine. Four and three in Conference USA. The RPI jumps all the way up to number twenty-two. Actually, four four Conference USA teams now in the top thirty: uh, Louisiana Tech nine, Southern Miss twenty-two, Old Dominion twenty-six, Charlotte twenty-seven. So, a good weekend for a Conference USA baseball. Coach Scott Berry joins us every Monday. Always uh, delighted to have him on the show. And before we get into specific games, Coach, congratulations! Solid weekend. Your team hit the ball. Your pitching uh, is, is always is there, and I know you had to be pleased overall with the outcome. Yeah, I really was, uh, Bob. You know, tough place to go out there and play against uh, a very good offensive UTSA uh, team as we as we came into that second series, conference series of the year. But really, uh, our guys uh, had a different feel each, each game we played, you know, and, and we'll get in more specifics in that. But we were certainly tested in game two or the first game of the doubleheader and had to persevere and, and really grind our way through it to, to get that win. But I feel like that our guys really found out a lot about themselves this weekend and who we are and, and who we need to be. So 3-0, and hate we got rained out on Saturday, the, the fourth game, because I really wanted that opportunity to try to get a four-game sweep, having never played a four-game series before. And uh, But weather didn't permit it. So uh, we, we came home 3-0. Coach, I want to talk for a minute about the first game and about Hunter Stanley. From this perspective, this is a kid that has spent most of his career as a relief pitcher. Uh, and so you start putting him as your Friday night guy, and he's just been absolutely rock solid. He goes seven innings, only gives up one run uh, this week. And uh, you, I, what can we say uh, other than great job by Hunter Stanley again? Well, number one, he's a competitor. He's highly confident. Uh, you know, he's got great mound poise. Uh, when he's out there on the mound, you know, the team feels like they have a chance to win behind him. So, given the history of Hunter when he was at uh, Meridian Community College, he was a starter there. So he did a long time as a starter, but he was a what I feel like was a two pitch starter. And I think where his game really changed is after his first year with us, he was mainly worked out of the, the bullpen and and trying to get to him in the back end of the game as our closer. Uh, and that's what he spent uh, 2019 doing. 
and it came back in 20 as that as well. But moving forward to COVID year, a uh, decision was made by Coach Oz and myself to to move him as a starter. Oz really wanted to try it, and he had to uh, develop a third pitch, Bob, and that was a changeup to really create that 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 ability to run that marathon that starters need to do. You know, when you're back in closer, you're a reliever. You know, sometimes you're asked to get three outs, six outs, but you're not asked to get in there and go 21 outs or, or, or 24 outs, whatever it may be, seven or eight innings. But to do that, you, you have to have a little bit better pitch ability and, and your arsenal needs to have a little more uh, in it than just two pitches. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Hunter's ability to work with Oz this past fall on a changeup and also increase velocity, as we're seeing most every kid today in college baseball do, has made him, uh, to me, one of the more dominant starters that we've had. It's been great, no question. Now, uh, the second game, uh, they were able to score a few runs, but uh, your team really lights it up. You hit five home runs. That's the most in three years. Uh, So offensively, the Golden Eagles really exploded in that first game of the doubleheader. Well, they did, and, you know, the, the win was different on Friday night when Hunter pitched than it was on Saturday for the doubleheader. It, it changed on Friday. It was an east win, and then on on Saturday it became a south southwest win, which means it was blowing straight out to center left, and, boy, was it. It was really getting it, and there were times where balls just got up in the air and, and they just left, and well, we hit a lot of those balls well, you know, with you put some air behind it with that wind, you know, it's, it's even going to carry farther. But, you know, what a game there that we had to, to really win and, and kind of really discover who we were because right. we're going into the bottom of the seventh and we're, we've got a four-run lead. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, UTSA hits us for four runs. I mean, it really punches us in the mouth, but it wasn't enough to knock us out is what we were able to discover about ourselves because we scored one in the eighth. Billy Garrity is, uh, comes in and he's in for defense for Reese Ewing and then finds himself in a tied game and, and leaves the yard his first hit of the year to go up one, but then UTSA punches right back in the bottom half. And, it, you know, it was an emotional momentum swing for both sides and, and for our guys to stay the course and stay in the middle of the ring, like we say, and, and not get up on the ropes and just keep get, taking it. You know, I stayed in the middle ring, punched back in the top of the fourth with a three-run homer by Will McGillis. You know, never came at a better time than that. And then uh, we added an extra run, I think, with Reed Trimble with a backside single to score Montenegro. So, you know, I told our guys after that game, Bob, I said, you know, uh, there were a lot of great moments in that game, and there really were. But the greatest moment was when we made a decision as a team to not give in and to find a way to win that game after that emotional momentum swing back and forth a couple of times on the road. And that was the greatest moment is to see our team persevere and win that game. No question. And it looked like to me that going into the next game, uh, our guys were, were feeling good, feeling confident. And it it sort of looked like to me you had taken a little bit of the wind out of the sails of uh, – of San Antonio in that first game. And I think 11-5, to not really indicative of how dominant the Golden Eagles were in that third game. 
No, and you know, of course, uh, in two doubleheaders previously, one against Northwestern State, once against Louisiana Tech, we split those doubleheaders. So, right. you know, I was concerned after winning that game, and it's such an emotional, uh, you know, win for us that, you know, we might just breathe easy going into game two. And of course, I was hoping that UTSA had the exact opposite effect, that they were just distraught after scoring four runs to tie it up, and then tying it up again, how in the world did we not win that game at home and that they might just lay down, but they did nothing but that, like coming out and scoring two runs in the bottom of the first off and what, you know, proved to be really after that one of Ben Etheridge's finest outings, right. uh, you know, and would rival probably what he did against Missouri State, but mm-hmm. you know, he comes out and, and, and our offense rewards him with five runs in the top of the second after they went up two to nothing and, and never really looked back, ended up scoring right. four out of the next five innings to, to put the lead out there to where, you know, we were in command and control, right. especially behind Ben. Right. All right, Luke, jump in here. Coach, uh, I just noticed something, you know, this weekend, and it could have just been unique to this weekend, but uh, you scored eight runs in the first four innings on Friday. You scored six runs in the first five in game uh, two, and then you scored nine. You know, is is there anything to it where because you're playing two seven inning series or two seven inning games throughout the weekend that there's a not not a pressure but there's a recognition that we got to score more early and and the seven inning games don't really allow us to rally late. Well, yeah, you've got to manage different. There's no doubt because you don't have the innings to sit there and and try to score. You got to score early and score often because you know it can a seven inning game is much different than it is a nine-inning game, obviously. So, yeah, you manage different. You play for a run probably earlier in a, in a seven than you do nine. Um, so you're, you're right. For us to come out and put those numbers up like we did certainly put us in the driver's seat with a pitching staff that went in against a UTSA team that was hitting 297 for the year. And they after the weekend or after the three games – they hit 197 against us, so they dropped 100 points, uh, you know, of, off from what their what their batting average was going into that series. And on the same hand, you know, we saw our team obviously increase their batting average all the way around from I think I don't know going in. I can't remember exactly what we were. We're we're at 232 now. We're climbing, but you know, going in we're at 220. So we raised ours 12 points. And, and this is the first time that I can remember where our batting average is higher than our opponent's batting average. Uh, uh, so as far as our pitching staff goes. So credit Coach Creel and, and Coach Amarati and the work that they're doing with our players and our position players, you know, working hard to figure it out each and every day offensively. We're talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry as we do every Monday and really look forward to it on the Eagle Hour. Going to continue our conversation with Coach right after this short three-minute break. Stay tuned. More with uh, Coach Barry right after this. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net, right there on Hardy Street. 
That's the best selection of Southern Miss apparel anywhere, and they're open six days a week for your shopping convenience. You can go online to campusbookmark.net. They'll have it delivered right to your front door. Talking to head baseball coach Scott Berry after the weekend sweep of uh, Texas San Antonio. Coach, we were kind of joking around during the break about the Danny Lynch jersey, but boy, what a weekend for Lynch. 538 on the weekend, seven hits, two home runs. Uh, uh, he had a great, great, uh, great series. Well, he did. Uh, you know, I'm really proud of him because, you know, he's a guy that has what I consider is one of the proven guys in our program that statistically has hit in previous years that has really struggled for us up to up to date until we got in this series. And he really broke loose in, in a great way and a needed way for us, uh, especially on the road, you know, playing UTSA. So proud of Danny and the way that He's playing, and, you know, he's a team guy. He's a high-energy guy. There's not a funner guy to be around and that I feel like really loves the game of baseball. I mean, there's you have guys that just like to play the game on game days, and then you have other guys that like to play the game any day. And I think that's Danny Lynch. He, he likes it at practice. He likes it on the game, on game days. So uh, real proud of him. Luke, get back in here. You didn't have much time in the open second. Coach, uh, just two questions about relievers. Um, let's talk Ramsey first, and then I want to go to Ryan Ock. You know, it's kind of the second weekend in a row. Ramsey's uh, been hit a little bit. Is that just should be expected? I mean, it's kind of, you know, not reasonable to think that he's going to be a, a slam the door every single time he takes the mound. He's still uh, got seven saves on the year. Just had some Golden Eagle fans asking me to for you to comment about Ramsey. Well, you know, of course, both times that he hasn't been successful, he's come into the middle of an inning inheriting runners and obviously has not performed like he has starting a clean inning, uh, if, if you look at the numbers there. And maybe, you know, maybe that's our fault, but there's, you know, not every day is a sunny day uh, out there. And, and he's got to learn and, and to, to be able to, if you're one of your best guys with your best stuff, then certainly you want to be in the game with that. Uh, unfortunately, both of those times, he has not performed well, like we said, or what, what we want him to or what he wants to with those runners on. So you know, we'll try to start him probably off more on a clean inning uh, from there, but there's probably going to be another time where he needs to be able to use these two past experiences as a way to learn, to get better, and, and, and move through it, and, and to be able to perform when those opportunities present again. He still has a sub two ERA one nine three, but coach, how about Ryan Ock three and zero on the year? He came in and, and slammed the door when uh, you had issues in, in game two, point six three. And for Golden Eagle fans to realize that is uh, he has the most appearances out of the bullpen of of any of your pitchers. He has uh, the lowest ERA. He struck out twenty three and fourteen and a third. You know, how dominant or, or how, how good is it for you guys? He, he throws mid-90s. He can hit up to 95. What has been different with Ryan this year? We kind of saw this potential two years ago from him. I think healthy. You know, I think he's healthy finally. You know, he had that surgery uh, back a couple of years ago where they took that extra rib out. And, uh, you know, I think that certainly set him back. And, and his velocity has started to come back or is back. And then – even improved. I think it's, it's freed him up. The biggest thing last year and even this fall was command. You know, he had velo, he felt great, but he had control problems being able to, to put the ball where he was, not being in the three ball counts and, and being able to, to, to get in those advantage counts or pitchers counts like everybody wants. 
But I think the biggest thing is is the adjustments he and, and Oz made to get that control was was to being more stacked, more upright, and keeping his chest up and not letting his chest fall over. And th- that has been the biggest difference in him being able to command the ball and not be able to command the ball. Coach, one more question about pitching. Uh, you look at what Stanley – Stanley only had uh, one strikeout against UTSA. Uh, Walker only had four, and then Etheridge comes in and strikes out nine and uh, <laughs> continues you know, to, to strike people out a pretty good clip. What was it about Ben's performance? You mentioned a little earlier one of his best performances at Southern Miss. What, what did he have going for him Saturday? Well, I'll tell you, he had, a, he had a really good slider that was deceptive that they could not see that they were able to see on the other two guys. And, and you hit it just right. I mean, Stanley, I've never seen Stanley where he has more walks than strikeouts. And on that particular game on Thursday, you know, he's sitting there with two walks and one strikeout in seven innings. And he averages, you know, he probably averages nine strikeouts a game. But I knew going in, looking at the numbers, that, that UTSA had a great approach with two strikes. They're older hitters. We talked about that last week going into the series, and it certainly showed. I mean, they could really spoil spoil some pitches uh, for our guys. But Ben Etheridge was able to come out there on, on the second game of Friday and really dominate both sides of the plate. After that first inning, they got him for two runs in that first inning. But after that, he really pitched lights out, and it was his slider that was getting under the barrel. Uh, and and, and they, you know, he comes in at kind of a low altitude anyway with his fastball, and that slider was coming off that same plane and then getting below the barrel, and they had a lot of swing and misses that the other guys weren't able to get. He's a freshman coach. He, he stands to become a big star if this keeps up. Am I right about that? Most definitely, yes. And, you know, and such a humble kid and a guy that's – down there right now working to get better and and that's that's who ben is and that's why he's going to continue to be to be very good and and as you said a great one before he leaves here all right coach your rpi's up to 22 and and what really makes me smile this morning there are four conference usa teams in the top 27 of rpi louisiana tech of course uh, our club old dominion and charlotte speaks well of conference usa baseball at this point of the year coach well, it sure does. Uh, you know, I think our conference is as strong as it's ever been since we all had the new teams together. Uh, and it's a credit to to those programs and and uh, their scheduling, their ability to compete with those schedules and win. You know, it, all those things play into RPI. You know, obviously, COVID has has enabled a lot of programs, a majority of the programs around the country, to be better because of uh, being able to bring those guys back. But where we are right now as a conference, I'm very excited and, and proud because I would love to get back to a four- or five-bid league uh, where we've been the last couple of years only a two-bid league. Right. Well, if, I guess if the tournament was today, you, you would have to figure four teams would be in. We're scheduled uh, now Thursday. It was just confirmed during the show that Perry Roth is going to be on the show Thursday. He's the uh, baseball coach now at uh, – at UAB, talk a little bit about the Blazers. That's our next opponent, Coach. And in, in my history of, of following Southern Miss baseball, UAB is never an easy out. No, they're not. They're very competitive. They, uh, you know, they're they're young men that are very smart. You know, that's a high academic school, so they tend not to beat themselves. Perry was Coach Shute's longtime assistant. Coach Shute retired last year. 
after being at UAB for a long time. But Perry's been his right-hand man right there, and so he knows the, the landscape well of Conference USA. He knows Southern Miss. He knows the history between the two teams. And, you know, I, I assume it'll probably be a different energy than what they've had, even though he's been there. He now calls the shots, and I'm sure that he'll take things that, that uh, as, a, as a head coach that he you know, wasn't able to do as an assistant, and like everybody does, and, and put his name on his, on his own team. So they're playing pretty good. I, you know, I think their, their hitters are, are, are good hitters. I know they have good starting pitching. So it's going to be a, a real challenge for us this weekend, as it is every weekend. Uh, in Conference USA or college baseball right now. But you know, Perry, I thank the world to him. A lot of respect for him. He does it the right way. Uh, he's a very humble person and, and anxious to get him over here, and we compete. We uh, have the opportunity, fortunately, on this show to talk to pretty much every uh, Conference USA baseball coach. And I'll just say this, Coach, just in general, they're just all really high-class people, and, and I know you probably feel the same way. Well, I do. I mean, I don't think there's a bad one in our bunch. Uh, if there is, I don't. I don't know about it. You know, they're all. They're easy to talk to. They're, they're normal people. I think they're high character. They're family, family men, and they understand that there's more to this game than just winning and what our jobs are. And that's winning not only on the field, but it's also winning with these young men and, and getting them ready to to start their own lives outside of baseball and, and have an influence on society with their own families and how they how they lead. So that's who I feel like our conference is, and that's who I feel like baseball coaches are, in all honesty. I can't answer for the other sports because I never have been around them, but I've been around several good baseball guys who are doing doing what they're supposed to do as leaders of, of these young men. No question, and I think Bob, it, it reflects in the game, no question. What, what look? The uh, – before we go, just need to let our listeners know an off-air conversation. Coach Barry is in total favor of me having exclusive rights now, to I don't, the Dan I Lynch, didn't understand it that uh, way. I did, not understand, I did not it understand shall, it that way. It shall remain in Jones County. He agrees with me. Two against one. Have a nice day. Coach, I appreciate your support in this matter very much. <laughs> Well, I'm still going to try to get you two on uh, Judge Judy and let her decide. I think you two would be great. And That's the ratings exactly would right. definitely take that show to another level. That is exactly right. And uh, this debate has not ended, Coach. I just want you to know that. And uh, we, we appreciate your input on that, by the way. You let us know if you get that set up. I'll be there. Luke didn't commit, but I committed, Coach. Just remember that. I'll be on the show. I'm afraid it, I'm afraid that uh, she will rule pretty quick on that. I'm not going to say which way. So. <laughs> All right, Coach. Thanks a lot. Coach Scott Berry, everybody, head baseball coach, University of Southern Mississippi, now with a 22 RPI in the country. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday. Appreciate Scott Berry and spending those first two segments with us as the Eagles only play three this weekend. Game four uh, rained out, and Golden Eagles uh, wouldn't have been able to make their flight, so that's why game four not played. But Eagles come away three and oh, and uh, we'll unpack that here in, in just a minute also. Hey, it's a national championship tonight in college basketball. Baylor against Gonzaga. 
I have been a Gonzaga basketball fan since probably my 17th or 18th birthday. Uh, my wife knows that, and, and we'll talk more about the championship game coming up. Hey, but a great place to watch it is 4th Street Bar and Grill. 820 uh, will be first tip, and uh, they're going to be cooking red beans and rice with cornbread. Uh, so be sure to, to go by 4th Street tonight. You'll be able to watch the national championship as uh, March Madness leaks over into April, but it comes to an end tonight. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and beautiful downtown Laurel Kelly Center on the phone with us. And, and Kelly, you know, so thankful for the 3-0, and three-game sweep. Uh, but Louisiana Tech won three games away and gets UAB. Whenever that happens, uh, Eagles basically have to win an extra game down the stretch uh, to, to get back over Louisiana Tech. And I wonder, you know, in a month or so, are we going to be looking at a rain out on a Saturday afternoon in, in San Antonio that's going to cause the Eagles to come in second place? It certainly is a possibility. Um, but, but looking at the the NCAA, you know, selections. Um, if, if the Eagles, if the Eagles can finish second, you know, in the overall, and, and they, they may not even have to win the tournament if they continue to win a lot of these weekend series. Uh, I, I would think that they would be in pretty good stead. But some interesting news breaking today, Luke and Bob, from the NCAA when it comes to college baseball, is that the NCAA, get this, they have announced publicly today that they are going to predetermine the regional sites and super regional sites for the college baseball tournament. Now, what's intriguing to me is, is it would only make sense that you wouldn't name the regional and super regional sites until you knew who was in the field, right? But they've already gone ahead and said that they're going to, they'll have the announcements of where the regionals and super regionals will be before the field is even announced. Well, can, can I say what that really means? This is what yeah, they didn't the really blanks, say. Bob. What that mm. I'm filling in the blanks. What that means is that virtually every SEC team with a winning record will host a regional. What the SEC doesn't host, ACC teams will host. They'll throw a bone out there maybe to a team in the Midwest or maybe a, a couple of West Coast teams because of travel. But what it really is is the NCAA giving the middle finger, and I don't mean number one, to all of the schools outside of the Power Five. That, Kelly Sanders, is exactly what that means. Well, if it means, if, it's, if it'll help you any, Bob, if it'll help soften your, your stance at all, the NCAA did say, uh, furthermore, that any school that would like to host a region is welcome to, to submit a bid, but they're due by April 12th. Yeah, what a crock. I mean, what a total crock by this. Look, I know you hate the NCAA, and, and these are this is the reason that people hate the NCAA is because of crap like this. It, it is. It, it really is. Okay, so here's my question. The number one RPI team right now in the country is Villanova. The number three uh, RPI team in the country is, is, is Fairfield. Number 12 is Indiana State. Now, those aren't going to hold. I get that. And we've seen Southern Miss move up and down 30 spots in the last week or so, in the last two weeks. But, I mean, here's the deal. You don't know who's going to get hot. And, again, right now with seven SEC teams in the top 20 with uh, with RPI, we're, we're beginning to look towards the echo chamber of it to happen again. And so you're not only – here's the here's the thing, y'all. You're not just going to have – 
You're not just going to have sites that go that way. You're going to have national seeds. And here, here's what you're looking at. So uh, just hearing SEC people talk, Ole Miss started 6-0. and They lost two out of three to Florida this weekend. Some people are saying Ole Miss just has to play 500 from here on out, and they're guaranteed a national seed. That's what's frustrating to me. Now, little brother chiming in. I get that. But if you're going to pre-select the sites here, you don't even know what you're dealing with in a month. And it's absolute garbage. They're going to chalk it up to covid but it's a way again for the rich to get richer. Hundred percent. He's a hundred percent right, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, there. Well, that's that's why I just thought it was the thing that is even more funny to me. Funny, not ha ha, like the guy said in the movie. But the the thing that's ridiculous is that they even announce it. I mean, yeah, it, it's right. one thing to say in a private meeting, "Okay, we're going to predetermine what goes on," but don't tell anybody, right? right. <laughs> they go out on their social media. And admit that they're going to predetermine the regional and super regional sites. So it's one thing to be shady, but to be shady in public is, is quite another. Right. Um, you can almost write. You could almost take a pencil and a piece of paper right now and write down where all the NCAA regional sites are going to be. Am I wrong about that? No, and I think you'll probably get about eighty percent of them right. <laughs> yeah, if not more. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but if, but again, Bob, if schools do want to make a bid, they're due April twelfth. Well, <laughs> oh, that's really gracious of them, don't you think? <laughs> that's just so generous of the NCAA. My God, yeah, my yeah. God, does it ever end? Not that it doesn't, does it? This is proof that it'll never end until you know they divide the, you, until they divide the Power Five and let and let them go 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 do your own damn thing and just and let all the rest of the schools. But they can't do that. This is why they keep throwing them a bone is because they need them. You well, think yeah. the NCAA can do anything without the Power Five? They can't. No, so this I is know. why yeah, they continue right. to, yeah. to kiss their tail and serve them filet mignons and it be set up this way. It's because the NCAA cannot exist without them. So what you're saying, Luke, is that the tail is wagging the dog, not the dog wagging the tail. The NCAA. The I don't even think with the NCAA. I don't even think we have a living organism in the equation at all. Right. Well, what what I mean by that is the NCAA is supposed to be dictating things that happen with the Power Five. That's not what happens, and you know that as well as me. Right, but it's the other uh, way around. That's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. But in other in other in other baseball news, you guys, the latest Massey ratings are out, and remember the Masseys weren't showing Southern Miss a lot of love early in the season, having them ranked fifth or sixth in the conference as the season was just underway. But as teams have begun to you know, shake their schedules out and uh, games have actually been played, Southern Miss is in second in the latest Massey ratings uh, in the conference USA standings anyway. Louisiana Tech is first, as you might expect, even with the results against Southern Miss. Louisiana Tech 20th overall in the Masseys. Southern Miss 31st in the latest Massey ratings, but second in conference USA. The third best team at Conference USA, according to the Masseys, is Old Dominion. Old Dominion checks in 38th nationally. Then comes Charlotte, uh, Texas San Antonio, and then Florida Atlantic. Now it's a team that's not being shown a lot of love as the Owls of. Uh, yeah, they didn't do well this weekend. No, and, and, and that cost hey, them. Let me say this, guys. Here's what it means for Louisiana Tech, Kelly Sander. They've got the number nine RPA. They're a, RPI. They're a fine baseball team, uh, they're in the top 20. They've got a brand-new state-of-the-art stadium. Let's say everything stays on track. Louisiana Tech finishes in the top 15. 
Louisiana Tech finishes in the top 10 RPI, wins Conference USA, regular season, and baseball tournament. Get ready, Louisiana Tech. Go to LSU as the number three seed. That, that's exactly what it means. That's exactly what it means. That was, that was, I was about to interject that. That was just in my crawl, is that if you're Lane Burroughs, dude, you're throwing stuff today. Right. If they're going to do it that way. And again, I'm, I, I will never give the NCAA the benefit of the doubt. Never. Because of what, what they've done. But here's another thing. How, how could – this is conspiracy me going off. But you, you know Ole Miss or State, they, they're going to have to be a regional host simply because they're top five team in the country. But at what point does the fact knowing that there's going to be huge crowds at any of the three Mississippi schools possibly would, would maybe dissuade the NCAA from having too many crowds in a COVID place with a conservative state like Mississippi that wants people to get back to normal and the, and the, uh, the organization that just basically put a bubble around around the state of Indiana, lest one person get sick. At what point does them knowing that college baseball means so much to teams at a place limit that place from being able to host? Go ahead, Kelly. I don't know. You're the one that fired us up in this segment, so you, you go ahead and finish it. Well, if, if schools want to make a bid, they're due April 12th. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that, Lane Burroughs? Go ahead and make your bid. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. All they have to do is look at the return address and they'll throw it in the garbage. Here's what here's what you said that, that sticks in my crawl more than anything, and you're a thousand percent right, Santer. Why don't you just keep that to yourself if that's the decision that you've made? Here we are, what, forty percent, maybe thirty five percent into the baseball season. And if you've already decided where the regionals are gonna be, keep that to yourself. You just you're rubbing it in everybody's face when you announce it publicly. Yeah, and, and please understand, we think it's a stupid decision to, to predetermine it because you're already right. pretty much telling people who's going to be in the field. But then, so so that's shady enough. We wish we wish the NCAA wouldn't even do that. But if you do that, for heaven's sakes, wow! You know you're not, you're not going to make it. Public. Wow! Thanks for thanks for getting my blood pressure up sixty five points, Sander. I, pre- well, well, I, I know we're, we're I know we're going into break, but I do have some other things to talk about. Some of it's good. Well, let's do good when we come back. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll be back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Monday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. Weather beautiful outside. Facilities terrific inside. DBAT and D1 proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Tennis taking on, ladies tennis taking on Southeastern Louisiana here in about seven minutes down in Hammond, Louisiana. Their 
match with Alcorn State on Friday was canceled. Lady Eagle tennis team seven and two overall. Uh, this yesterday, this past Sunday, men's tennis uh, defeated Alabama State on the road at Montgomery four and zero. Oh. Men's tennis improves uh, to six. And one beach volleyball hosted the Southern Miss Beach Invitational, and uh, they went one for three on or one for yeah one for three on the weekend. Defeated Monroe, and then dropped contests to Tulane, UAB, and Spring Hill. Golf in Beaumont, Texas today at the Cardinal Challenge hosted by Lamar University. Men's golf out in Columbia, Missouri for the Mizzou Tiger Invitational. They uh, started a little earlier today and will uh, shoot. The golf ball today and uh, tomorrow. Ladies soccer got a big win of senior day yesterday against Louisiana Tech in Hattiesburg by a score of 3-1. to one. Lady Eagles second in the West, and the Conference USA Championships will be next weekend out in Houston. And uh, then uh, softball uh, this weekend uh, split with UTEP in the opening of conference play. Lady Eagles dropped game one seven to four, one game two ten to one, game three nine to three, and lost uh, game four yesterday out in El Paso eight to five, two and two on the year. Brian Levan's squad track and field hosted the Southern Miss Invitational this past weekend. Kelly Center a lot of lot of awards. I think uh, thirteen different uh, first place finishes for the track and field. I know you got a couple of them that need to be pointed out. Yeah, well, Landon Charlton in particular set a new school record in the 400-meter hurdles, 51.72. Again, that's a new school record. So 400 meters, for some of you uh, you know, people that I'm not real good on measurements, but the 400 meters is one time around the track, right? One complete time around the track. Did the whole thing in 51 seconds and had to jump over those things. Getting time. <laughs> the, the hurdles. Hmm. Yeah, so man, I'm telling you, you want to talk about a team that's really good at Southern Miss? It's the track and field. Team. That's no kidding, yeah. Coach uh, Stewart on the show tomorrow. By the way, to talk about that, you're right though, Kelly. Man, they 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 may be they may be the most improved athletic uh, program at Southern Miss over the last what three or four years. And it seems like every every day we're on the the show talking about track and field. It's a different name, right? You know. So man, good for them, and and uh, you know we we it's not just the big major sports that it's, we're great glad that the some of the sports that usually don't get a lot of love are um, are making some headway and doing some great things. I know I kind of upset you guys last segment um, about the no. baseball regionals being predetermined, but there's something that that while we were talking about things getting on, uh, be in our bonnet, here's mine. Okay, the Region 23 Junior College Basketball Tournament continues tonight on the women's side. The winners of tonight's games will go on to the semis up at Mississippi College. That's neither here nor there. But in a in a big basketball game, because obviously the winner goes on, the loser goes home. Jones is hosting Pearl River. Now they're natural, you know, natural rivals anyway, right? Jones is hosting this game, and I know they've been very concerned about COVID, and I get that. But in their social media site today, they 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 said that they're not allowing any visitors from Pearl River to come to the game tonight. Now, the fact that you're specifically citing, you know, Pearl River or, or, or no visitors, no visitors will be allowed, you know, something to that effect. Now, if you, if you want to limit your crowd due to COVID, just say we're going to limit, you know, seating to the first X number of fans in the game. But, but to specifically say you're not going to allow 
you know, visitors from the other team, fans of the other team, to come and watch. And I sure hope that's not what they meant. But that, but that's the way I think just about everybody has read that today. I just I don't think that's I don't think that's right. You know, I, I again, I if you're if you're afraid of COVID, I understand that. But you limit the number of fans in the stands. You don't say specifically what fans are going to be allowed and what fans. Well, that are. sounds like just maybe a PR mistake to me. But my guess is what they're what they're thinking is is we can only have so many people at the game. Our people get first dibs on the tickets, and all of those tickets are gone. Is that not right, Luke? If, if that's Go a, Jones. If, if, They're my yeah, junior college team. No, no. I, I <laughs> yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I, I yeah, totally get what Sanders saying. I totally get yeah, it. Yeah, and, and, and my team, but I'm just saying, if that if that is what Jones meant, and, I sure, and I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, but if, what you, if that's what they meant, Bob, then that's what they should have said. No, I agree. Okay, we're, we're <laughs> limiting the number of seats. And we're going to sell all these tickets to Jones people first. Any tickets left, well, you know, Pearl River people are welcome to have. That's one thing. But to come out and say no tickets or no visitors from the other team will be allowed, that's, that's a different story. All right. Uh, track coach John Stewart and Heath Hinton on the show tomorrow. Coach Perry Roth from UAB now scheduled to be with us on Thursday. The guys will be at Ramey's on Friday. And one quick note from Conference USA. This is kind of a shocker. Charlotte wins four games against Florida Atlantic this weekend. So right now, Charlotte and Old Dominion, believe it or not, appear to be the strength of the Eastern Division of Conference uh, USA. But it's early. And uh, what does that mean? That means that uh, Florida State and uh, Florida will certainly host regional tournaments uh, there in Florida. Yeah, but but make sure you get your bids in by April 12th. (laughs) Southern Miss to the top. top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.